0: Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we talk about the food that you put in your mouth, and everything else that nourishes you, or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women over 40 burning out in mission-driven work. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good. My mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. welcome. I'm here today with Taisha Powell, who is the co-founder of Nonprofit Wellness and the Wellness Coordinator at the Sojourner Truth School. She works with young people and adults in the community to change bodies, minds, and lives through mental health and wellness. Taisha is a native Baltimorean who believes that change starts at the root. She's worked within the education sector for more than 15 years in multiple capacities, including athletic coaching. Through these various roles, she's always strived to foster growth and development in everyone she encounters. Taisha is a trained Pilates, CPR, and mental health and wellness instructor, and is a lifelong learner holding a bachelor's degree in English and education, a master's degree in teacher leadership, a specialist degree in leadership, and she's currently working on her educational doctorate in leadership and management. Welcome, Taisha. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Lisa. I am so excited to be here. I'm, I'm ready for this. All right, let's do it. You know the first question? What's your kale? What's the one thing that you try to do every day because you know it's really good for you?
1: Oh, that's an easy one for me. My kale is definitely the pause, right? So every morning and periodically throughout my day, I just pause, I stop. Um, and those pauses, they look different and are experienced differently throughout my day. Um, let me give you an example. Like for my morning pause, before my feet hit the ground, I give thanks. Um, thanks for waking up, you know, thanks for the start of my day. I think that's very important, right? And for my coffee drinkers out there, um, I have a coffee pause, right? Yeah. Um,
0: Thank you for the coffee. Oh no, you. Right. Mean. <laughs> I,
1: you know, it's something about I have a French press about pushing that stem down and just pausing and settling. So gratifying. It yes. really is, right? But that's a pause. That's a stop. Yes. It's an opportunity to take a deep breath and anticipate that first sip of coffee. Mm. You know, but there are orchestrated pauses. Throughout my day, and I like to teach uh, educators as well too. That's so important when you're working with youth, to you know, because we want to like yell or fuss. Sit down, pause, yeah, take a deep breath, look up, <laughs> yeah, and then and then respond,
0: respond rather than reacting. Right there yeah. it is. Yeah, there no, is. I love that. You're absolutely right. There's something about pushing down that pump top <laughs> that's just like. Here it comes. <laughs> like scattering your glitter, right? Yes.
1: Like we teach the kids.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, confession time. Tell me what's your kryptonite? What's the one thing you know is not great for you, but dang it, sometimes it just sneaks in.
1: You know what? Um, I am a sweetbreads person. And what I mean by that is the pancakes, the donuts. I was going to say, you're not
0: talking like the entrails, right? (laughs)
1: No, no, but like, you know, I try to make sure I have a healthy breakfast, you know, start my day off right again. I teach the kids that a wellness professional don't tell too many people, but I love indulging in a nice little cake donut with my coffee Mm. on the way to work, right? Mm. It's not the healthiest breakfast. Um, you can have that sugar crash yeah. and things like that, but it is my kryptonite. Yeah, pancakes, waffles, donuts. You give me all the sweetbreads. All I'm, the I'm carbs. Yeah. <laughs> all Man, the carbs.
0: Yes. All the carbs. <laughs> yeah. And then that yeah. crash. Yes. Exactly. Well, there's a really big pause, but I had to. I had to giggle about your your comment, but pauses are your kale, because I was like, if you look at her bio, like when did she have time to pause in between all those degrees? Correct. (laughs) So tell us what you, how you came to do what you do and what it is exactly.
1: So the English teacher, humanities teacher in me want to call this like my heroic journey, right? (laughs) As of late, I think I've been calling this like my path to enlightenment, right? Like through my life challenges, my work in schools and my work at a local yoga studio, I have come to this work through amazing people around me and they've helped guide me into this work. Um, I, was, I was an educator um, that not only burned out, I would say I caught a fire, right? Like I was a whole burning bush.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, you I know, like I, burning bush better than dumpster <laughs> fire. That has a much more positive spin. <laughs>
1: Listen, the where I was, I felt like, you know, I tell people all the time, I literally drowned in a school full of people. Um, and that was such a pivotal moment to me. And now looking back, I needed that burnout moment to go inward um, and make some tough decisions, right? I had to figure out, was I going to stay in this pit of fire or burnout stage? Or am I going to learn how to crawl, kick? jump back into a newness back into a new part a new phase of my journey um, and, and during this time, I learned how to connect with my mind, my body, breath. I found the yoga studio. And I say that that place like saved me in the physical mm-hmm. sense because I had to face myself. Yeah. Um, it was nobody but me that mirror the dialogue. Right. Um, I went back to therapy. I got to the root of myself. I learned strategies that I continue to use today. And I found my people. Yeah. I found my squad. I found my tribe um, through that burnout phase. Um My former, a former colleague of mine said, came to me and said, Hey, look, I'm building a school and I need you to be on this team. And I also met Susan, who is the co-founder of nonprofit wellness, who also came to me while I was at the yoga studio and said, Hey, I'm building this culture, wellness around DC, and I need you on my team. And those people helped me kind of define where I was already going. I was in the education world. I was in this yoga world and they said hey there's a possibility you can fuse these two I things love
0: that. you know
1: yeah. so you know my work is kind of twofold right like I said I'm the co-founder of nonprofit wellness which is a 501c3 that supports nonprofits and schools on their journey to wellness through team care. Mm-hmm. Um I do this work with Susan as I just mentioned who runs our nonprofit side of the work. That's her world she's worked in nonprofits um and while our work is core fundamental to humans, you know, there are some little nuances when it comes to the work with teachers and education and the nonprofit world. So we were able to find that bridge and find that in between with the team care. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I just want to interject that Susan has the best last name for this work.
1: <laughs> she does, Susan Comfort. Susan
0: is Comfort, I, mean, and like, and- I couldn't get any better. <laughs> And that's
1: a real last name, right? You, you can't even make that know, up. So it's a beautiful thing, right?
0: It's so funny. Uh, yeah. So.
1: <laughs> right. You know, so I and I and I love my work with Susan. Um, we team together so well on this wellness journey. And let me just say with wellness, you know, we believe that health is a goal one looks to attain you know, you look to obtain a healthy mind, body, soul, whereas we believe wellness is a process or that journey of achieving that health, right? So with, with our work, um, we try to tell practitioners or people that come to us that there are research-based explanations um, about what your experience is. And once you find that space, time, and institutional support to care, for the wellness of the collective whole, it not only nurtures your self care, but with a little vulnerability and accountability, it also improves that team, that team care, that team trust, and building these cultures of wellness with organizations and schools, creating this this type of synergy that mm-hmm. happens within a building, within an organization, right? Um, yeah. And so the work that we're doing and I'm doing in schools with social emotional learning with students and social emotional learning with educators, <laughs> um, right, um, you know, it, it has led us to these wellness initiatives and these, um, you know, webinars and experiences that have not only transformed our lives and our worlds, but helped build cultures and schools and nonprofits that are sustainable and not just, Hey, we checked this box today. We had a wellness session or we did yoga and meditation today, but let's, how do we sustain this work? Uh, You
0: you have hit on one of my favorite words. Yes. How do we make it sustainable? Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's tough, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you in the day-to-day grind, you. It's easy to go back to the things that we do every day, and this is one thing that I say about the pandemic. It has given us this opportunity to reset and come back,
0: mm-hmm. reform,
1: renew, and stronger. Yeah. If we are strategic, if we are intentional, yeah. you know that's a big part. Strategic. Yeah, and intentional, that's a big, you know
0: big if. Yeah. I love the idea that the, the pandemic is an opportunity and it really, it really speaks to that idea of the pause because it was just this enforced pause, like, okay, everybody stop, <laughs> everybody stop. And I love that it's an opportunity to come back stronger, to renew, to do something different. I'm sure you know Sonia Renee Taylor's The Body is Not Apo- an Apology. Have you read that book? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And she had a great quote towards the beginning of the pandemic where she was just like, people, let's not go back to normal. Normal didn't work for a lot of people. And I really think, especially the education field. It's just stunning how normal for educators was really, really unpleasant. And really? I think, I, I really think, and I'm, I'm afraid I don't really see what I was hoping I was going to see, which was, I was hoping that after people were at home with their kids trying to manage all this stuff, they would suddenly think, oh, wow educators see my kids more during the weekday than I do. They're the ones that are teaching them all the things that, you know, parents are supposed to teach them and we don't have time to. And I just thought maybe we'll stop saying things like teachers don't need benefits and teachers don't need a raise and teachers don't need time off. And it's like, how can you say that after going through what you went through?
1: (laughs) You know what I would say though? I, I would like to hope that more people see that there are opportunities to team together and get back to that wraparound service that I, I like to call, like, it's, it's not just the parents. It's not just the schools. Yes, we need collaboration. the, collaboration. it is, it yeah. is. And, and it's not-
0: really started to feel like either a competition or a, an antagonistic sort of situation. And I don't know whether you've seen this uh, cartoon of like A very 1950s family standing in front of the teacher's desk, and the parents are yelling at the kid and pointing to this paper that has like an F on it. Like, how could you let us down? And you've, you know, you've disrespected your teacher. And and then there's like the modern family in front of the teacher, and the parents are yelling at the teacher. Like, what do you mean, my son failed? (laughs) It's like, when did it become this antagonistic, competitive feeling?
1: No, I totally agree with you. And I think that that's a lot of our work, what we're trying to get people to understand. We don't do this work in isolation. None of us as a parent, mm-hmm. as educators or fill in the blank, yeah. you don't do this work in isolation. If we don't find, like I said earlier, our people, our squad, our tribe, whatever you want to call it, if you don't find those people, we're not, we're, we're not going to survive this, you know?
0: Right. right. Yeah. So when you think about your work, specifically with women and educators in general in burnout, what are the sort of commonalities that you identified? What, what do they all have in common?
1: You know, the word commonality is a little hard for me because, you know, everyone's burnout story and wellness stories are unique to them. And I don't want to diminish anyone's experience. Right. Um, however, I have seen women with families or young children tend to hit this breaking point, mm-hmm. might I say a little faster, right? And again, you know, I want to say this isn't like research-based. I don't have any numbers. Um, and I will say I'm a new parent. I have a two-year-old. So I've oh, been I have on both some sides. numbers for
0: you. Right? <laughs>
1: I've been on both <laughs> sides of this. And actually my burnout story happened when I didn't have a child, right? Mm-hmm. So I do want to say this loosely because I don't want anyone to feel like I'm diminishing you know, their journey, but, you know, I, I really have seen, you know, those women with families hit that breaking point. And I think it's because, and again, in my opinion, we're pouring out so much, um, within our day. Right. And not having that time and space to reset, refuel, or pour back into ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's tough, you know, after, and especially for myself as an educator, I'm pouring into my middle schoolers. I'm pouring into the educators. I save some for my kiddo when I get home to pour into him. And here we are 10 o'clock at night. And it's like, hmm, do I pour into myself or do I I just go to sleep? (laughs) Which is
0: a form of pouring into yourself. (laughs) Correct. You know,
1: I work on this dissertation that's costing me a fortune, right? Right. You know, so there's all these aspects um, that we have to deal with and, and even our spouses, our partners, we have to pour into as well too. Yeah. Right. And, and again, not diminishing, you know, let's, I'll call them singles, you know, but if they are intentional, if they are, have the right tools and supports mm-hmm. in theory, they can find the space and the support to help prevent this burnout. Right. And again, I say in theory, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'm on both sides of this. I've been on both sides of this, but I I think you're seeing the pressures of the families, and I you know I'm pretty sure some research out there that said that that talks about women leaving the workforce during the pandemic at very high rates, right? Yeah. And whether that's through burnout, through you know lack of childcare, different things yeah. like that. Um, but we're hitting this breaking point. And that's what I see, that common thread, especially when I talk to parents in the school system, they're like, Ty, I, I don't know what to do with this kid either. You know, I'm having these same struggles at home that you're seeing in school. Um, and I, I find myself letting the parents vent to me just as much as I'm paid for the teachers in the building and the kids, but I'm, I'm also taking on the parents as well too. And again, It's taking this team of people to do this work, to wrap around the kids, to help create that newness that we are experiencing right now, you know, how to help them navigate as well. And that's, again, a big part of what we're trying to do with the adults, like, hey, realize this thing that we're doing with the kids, wrapping around them. How are we doing the same thing with each other within the workplace, not staying in our box or behind our screen, sending a quick text, getting on a video chat, looking at each other and saying, how are you today? Yeah. No, really? How are you?
0: Yeah.
1: And pausing and listening, right? You know, um, I'm listening to this podcast. It's an old podcast. I want to say it's like 2017, um, On Being with John O'Donohue. Um, He's like this Irish poet, theologian, and philosopher. And Mm. he just talks about when we stop and say, like, how are you doing? And actually listen, you can write a biography when people, when you stop and listen, they will tell you everything because they're not used to people actually pausing. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I definitely see the need and the requirement for us to find that that team that you know that that squad of people that are gonna help us and wrap around us, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Love that. Yeah. So you've been in burnout yourself and you work with educators who are burning out. Um, So when you think about that work, are there like what about that work really astonishes, excites, and what, what, what do you love about this work?
1: You know, and everything that I do from coaching all through my life, I'm the oldest of five. Um, what excites me the most are those light bulb moments, you know, like watching that process and watching it click Mm. for someone. I, I, there are times, you know, as a Pilates instructor, I see a practitioner get that posture or get that pose for the first time. And that look
0: Mm. on their
1: face, the eyes light up. Um, It is something magical. You know, as a basketball coach, a former basketball coach, an instructional leader, when that person like recognizes, oh, I think she's right. If I just breathe through this situation, I
0: do feel a lot better.
1: Something that simple. (laughs) But when that moment happens, I know I did my job as a coach. You know, mm-hmm. so many people call me coach at every aspect, but I know I did my job of planting that seed and that seed has started to bud. That seed yeah. seed has started to grow. While I'm not responsible for giving it sun, water and all of this thing, all of those things, I've helped cultivate that seed and that moment is perfection for me,
0: mm. you know? Do you so, do online Pilates classes by any chance?
1: I, You know, I have,
0: but... <laughs> In the midst of raising a two-year-old. Um, <laughs> Shoot, I'm asking strictly for personal reasons because I have tried Pilates several times and never had that like, oh, that's how I need to do this. You know? There's you, just something that doesn't click.
1: <laughs> you know what? And while you know we all had to adjust on a pandemic and do things online, I think it's something transformational about being in a studio. Again, I, I'm going to keep going back to that team of having that team of people around you and not for that competition, but to look over and like, I can keep going. Yeah. I, c- I can indeed do this. It is something magical that happens in that room full of people. If we get outside ourselves and like mm-hmm. not make it a competition, but just seeing that one person keep going, seeing or hearing that person say, let's go. You got this. Yeah. It, it, it's a really transformational place. So I would encourage you, you know, find it, it, it's just like dating. Find that spot, right? Find that person. Find that yoga studio. Find that Pilates class. It's <laughs> that so works funny for you. that you say
0: it's like dating because you keep talking about like the tribe and the group. And I'm like, I can't help but think about when I turned forty, I suddenly started getting all these ads that say date forty plus men, and I was always like, are we talking men over forty or forty men at a time? Like, what are we talking? About?
1: Listen, it might be both. It
0: might be both. <laughs> it could be. <laughs>
1: You know on right, your so team. That light
0: bulb moment that's that's the rewarding astonishing exciting part. What's the really challenging part of of your work
1: um so I will have to say for me, the challenge is i you know i've mentioned i'm a former bas- i'm a former college athlete basketball coach, and I can get in this what i call Kobe Bryant mentality where I am banging down the door. I am like, I am going to be relentless and persistent in getting to that goal or getting you to see it my way. And it was actually a colleague of mine. He's the Dean of Students at the school and he's a football coach. And he was like, Ty, you know, you have this basketball mentality but I have a football mentality. And there's different routes to get to that destination. You don't have to go straight down the middle. You don't have to keep banging down that door. He said, you can change that persistence to active and actionable persistence by taking a different route. And you're still going to get to that destination. You're still going to get to that end result. And for the athlete, to me, that was like mind blowing, right? You know, because as a basketball person, you're like, get to that basket (laughs) straight down the middle. I'm going to run through everybody to get there. And like I said, you're beating down that door wellness, wellness, get into your yoga classes, breathe, eat better, you know, but he's like, find that different route, Ty find that different route. And you know, when he said that to me and, and again, that's, that's what team care is about, right? Having those group of people that can sit you down and say, Ty, you don't have to do it this way. Let me show you another way, you know? So I love that. Mm,
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. So what have you found that works? Like what what is the workaround in some cases?
1: Um, I'm going to use the example again of another colleague. There's this guy. He's an amazing educator. I would see him leave out every day for lunch, going to get Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, you know, whatever it is. And I said to him one day, I was just like, I wonder what would happen. If you started to bring your lunch, I left it at that and I walked away. Maybe a week later, I was just like, huh, I wonder how much money you're spending every day (laughs) getting this opposed to prepping during the week and preparing your lunch. And then, you know, through listening to other conversations, he's about building general generational wealth for his family. I found my end. I found that route. And yeah. I say, you talk a lot about what you're instilling in your son, that generational wealth, whether that's financial wealth, whether that's, you know, nutritional wealth, what yeah. you're building into him. What are you teaching him?
0: Oh, that light
1: bulb moment came
0: well played, light, well, well played you
1: know that light bulb moment came I haven't seen him leave out to go to Chipotle again oh. he he purposely called me over and he said look at my desk tie and he said I brought some you know stew today that I made myself homemade when I say that warmed my heart that felt. that's all I needed again I planted that seed walked away I didn't have to and it was weeks. It was months. Don't give me, I've been working on this guy since the beginning of the school year. Here we are in January, February, yeah. and he just now made that change. It's a process.
0: Yeah. And you got to be
1: okay with that, right? All
0: about planting seeds. And in really, in a lot of ways, it's about that word that you use, which is wonder. I wonder. I wonder um, what would happen if. Right. And just leaving it at that. And it right. really allows it really allows the person to start being more creative about what are my choices? Because if you tell them you should bring your lunch, that's like the one solution. Right. Well, maybe there is another solution and neither of you is thinking of it because you haven't given each other permission to think of it.
1: Right. And had I just beat down that door, bring your lunch, you need to get healthier. You need it. He wouldn't hurt me. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have clicked. He had to come to that on his own, but it took his team. It took his tribe to plant those seeds. You can't do this alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I want you to think about one audience that you want to talk to about wellness and it can be, you know, the people that you work with. It can be the people you work for. It could be policymakers. It could be the administration of a school Pick an audience and tell them what you think could reduce the amount of burnout in your field.
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm going to talk to everyone. I'm going to talk to everyone. You know, it it was something that my therapist actually, I can't take credit for, um, has taught me and she said, talk about it, whatever it is, right? Burnout, whatever it is, talk about it. Name it even. you know, I have these different stories in my head, you know, yeah. like the burnout story. Name it, give it a name. you know, yeah. sit with it, talk about it, sit with it, have tea with it, even. It is okay to sit in those moments, you know. Um, and be okay with sitting with it. You may have to cry it out. you may have to kick, you may have to scream. Like my two-year- old have taught me sometimes I gotta throw it out. you know, I gotta throw some things yes. at it a little bit and be okay with that. And then I take a deep breath. I say, hey, I'm done with this conversation with you. I'm done with this narrative about you. I'm done with you. And it's not going to go away. Please trust me. Those things are going to creep back up. But when I take the sting out of it by talking about it, by giving it a name, you know, my burnout story or, hey, BB, you know, like whatever I want to call it, you know, um, I see you today. I see you over there trying to get to me today, but you know what? I have something for you today. I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to be mindful today. You know, I'm going to notice the beauty in nature today. You know, you, you start to change that reframing. So my message, I want to give to all of you talk about it, name it, sit with it and decide with your people, with a group of you um, that We're going to do something about it. And and again, find your team, right? And everyone on your team is not meant to do it with you, but find your team. That's also going to check in on you. Mm. That's going to cheer you on. That's going to listen to you. And maybe there are some that's going to do it with you, but I have a collective group of people that's doing this work with me in Mm -hmm. various ways. That's going to help me in that burnout. Okay. Don't, don't try to do it
0: alone. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah, you, you're you not just,
0: alone. Yeah. No,
1: you can sit with it alone, sure. But then yeah. go and talk to somebody about it, you know. Yeah. And, and that, there's and that, so
0: that, much shame around it. They're really, it's this right. really strange thing where, you know, like the World Health Organization defines it as a, an occupational phenomenon. Like it's happening at work because of systemic issues. And when we experience it, we go through this feeling like, oh, it's just me. I can't handle it. What's wrong with me? Why am I burning out? It's like, oh, everybody is in the same boat. <laughs> right.
1: But how powerful would it be if your leaders in these workplaces before any meeting just did a quick check-in with everyone and, and pause, right? Like we're already sitting in this meeting for two hours anyway, go ahead and add a couple 10 more minutes and say, hey, how are you? What's working today? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's not working? How can I support you? How can I do something meaningful for you yeah. today? You know, um, just a couple quick questions to let them know, hey, I care about who you are. I care about your self-care. What do you need? How can I support you in this moment? It takes a few more minutes, to you're already long daunting meeting, right? (laughs) But how much more engaged am I if you took that minute on the front hand and to say, I see you, I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. Or even sharing that, hey, I'm having a rough day today. You know, I'm not all the way here. Mm -hmm. My kid tossed his whole applesauce on me this morning. You know, like, what if I said that to, you know, the people, my, you know, my colleagues, with that change of dynamics in that office, you know, just checking on you, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Love it. Wonderful. Okay. So tell us about what you offer both with Susan and through your own work, what you're doing, how people can find you. Tell us, tell us where to find Ty.
1: Absolutely. Just go to nonprofitwellness.org, nonprofitwellness.org. We have blogs on there. We have YouTube videos. I mean, it's, It's a lot on there. You can go in a rabbit hole. I go in a rabbit hole and it's our website, right? You know, um, that is the best place to find all the information, to sign up for sessions, sign your organization up for sessions some coaching. um, Whether you're in the nonprofit world, in the education world, I would love to meet with you, to speak with you. Susan and I would love to be a part of your journey and your experience um, to help plant seeds with you.
0: Fabulous. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Ty. This has been great. I can't wait to keep in touch.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate oh, you yeah. and the work that you're doing. Please, please, please continue.
0: And absolutely.
1: I've had so much fun listening to, you know, other episodes. It's great. Been great. Thank Good.
0: You. And like I said, I'm so happy to find somebody else in the education field because, you know, I've had a lot of nonprofit people, but not so many in education so it's it's good to find somebody to speak to that that field and and what's happening there during this these times of plague and chaos
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you this was helpful for me today thank you
0: great thanks for listening please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker LLC neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.